Welcome to Chatting Rabbis, another episode of a conversation between Munster, Indiana, and Istanbul, Turkey. I'm Eliezer Zalmanov. Hi, I'm Andy Hitrick from Istanbul, Turkey. Good to see you, Eliezer. Once again, another week, another conversation, and we're recording now on what in Indiana is still Erev Yutes Kislev. In Istanbul, it's already Yutes Kislev, so good yantif. L'chaim. It's good to see you. And you know what? Let me tell you something. There is a more than one connection between uh, Yutet Kislev, the 19th of Kislev, in which the Chabad world celebrates the releasing of Rabbi Shneur Zaman of Liadi, the Balatanya, from jail to Turkey. First of all, of course, it is the fact that Turkey was then the Ottoman Empire. And one of the things that the Balatanya was accused of was assisting the Ottomans in their war against Russia because he was sending money to then-Palestine for the Hasidic masters who moved to Palestine. And Rabbi Mendel of Itebsk and Rabbi Avram Kalisker and others, who, and he was assisting them with uh, funding. But another aspect which is less known is that one of the major uh, f- major frictions that the Rabbi Shneur Zalman of Liadi had with the, so to speak, established uh, Judaism of the time, the Misnagdim, those who opposed the Hasidic movement, was concerning the theological issue of tzimtzum, whether God is able or whether God does uh, lower himself even to the lowest realms of, uh, of this mundane world. And in one or two letters, the Balatani, Rabbi Shneur Zalman, says that, well, may the Sephardic Kabbalists who live in Turkey and Israel will resolve and will see will show that the truth is on my side. So the Alter Rebbe was of the opinion that the tzimtzum is not literal, meaning that although from our perspective it seems like God contracts himself and hides himself, but God's true essence is not hidden. And the other approach was that uh, God is actually literally contracted. And what was the resolution from the Chachmei Sfarad? It, I don't think it ever came to a point of them actually turning into Chachmei Sfarad and asking them to resolve this question, but just mere mention of the fact that the Balatanya has held the Sephardic rabbis, the Sephardic Kabbalists in Israel and Turkey in such high regard is remarkable in itself. For sure, for sure. And uh, we, we, as Hasidim of... Uh, we continue in the path of the Alter Rebbe. And although the the uh, dispute, the significant dispute between the Hasidim and the Misnagdim somewhat dissipated over generations, I think by the time of the uh, Tzamech Tzedek, there was already a peace made between the uh, Hasidim and the Lithuanian streams. But uh, for the most part, things have, uh, have been kept separate. Uh, there's our stream. Yeah, at the time, at the time, true. But you know, today... Uh, today, no, nobody is really uh, that much involved in the theology and the difference of the different theological schools. It's more of a social difference and a social, uh, you know, but people belong to a certain social class, a social group, and that is who they identify with. Even great Hasidim as ourselves, <laughs> and I like to refer ourselves as a great Hasid, at the end of the day, a lot of it comes with... Uh, the social uh, stress and social pressure of whom we are and how we are brought up. Right. I mean, we, 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 we spoke about this last week a little bit. We touched upon it, the difference in the yeshiva systems and in the goal of uh, raising uh, yeshiva students in a Chabad yeshiva versus others. But even within Chabad itself, I think, uh, 
I think we can we can talk a little bit about what the ultimate is for a a chassid, for a follower of well, we'll call it the follower of of the Chabad uh, uh, philosophy, but specifically as a as a follower of the Rebbe of the seventh Rebbe of our Rebbe of our generation, what it means to be a a real chassid. It's a big uh, topic. It's a deep topic, and it's not something that we can necessarily cover in a half hour. But for many people, the ultimate is to go on shlichus, to be a shliach, to move out to a town where you represent Chabad, where you're the Rebbe's shliach, where you're the, uh, the emissary, and anybody that does not attain that goal is perhaps less of a perfect chassid than you are. I think that uh, I, I I totally disagree with that. I right I, I I know that you do and I'm 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 building it up. I I know that you disagree with that concept. I think that what happens is that for the most part people think that they uh, that if that you have to be a shliach in order to be mikusher. Now mikusher means connected to the Rebbe and doing everything that the Rebbe wants. And of course we know that the Rebbe spoke so much about going on shlichus and moving out and leaving Brooklyn and leaving Crown Heights, and how. Th- it, on the surface, it seems that that is the ultimate. You, there's no other way to be mekusher to the Rebbe and connected to the Rebbe and doing what the Rebbe wants without moving on shlichus. That's that's one school of thought. I know you don't necessarily agree with that, and I don't 100% agree with that either. But I think, I think that there is truth to the concept of 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 dedicating your life to the Rebbe being a very great form of his kashras, of, connect, of connecting to the Rebbe, but I'm, I'm interested in hearing of, of uh, your, uh, your perspective. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know why, but you have this tendency, Eliezer, my dear, to uh, sort of scratch my scabs in order to, uh, <laughs> to create a certain, a certain reaction and counter-reaction. But let me tell you something, that's, uh, which it really sits on my heart, because I, I read a few weeks ago a, um, a, a, con- a comment from somebody who writes... In very, very, in a very harsh tone, he writes about the fact that, uh, well, these Chabad emissaries are no better than me. Now, th- this discussion is obviously, you know, it's a sort of a niche discussion uh, within, uh, you know, between two Chabad shluchim, one Chabad rabbi in Indiana and a rabbi in Turkey. Still, it it is. It, it, it is something which uh, you know. Maybe somehow it give you a glimpse into a, into the life and uh, of a, of a chabad chabad shaliach. Right, chabad and that, that's and, that, and that's really the goal of this discussion because because uh, I cause I pretty much know what your uh, what your position is. But yeah, flesh it out a little bit for us. <laughs> okay, so so it is like this. Listen, <laughs> at the end of the day, I definitely think that uh, for chabad shaliach for a rabbi, let's say, take myself as living in Turkey. There's definitely so, some sort of of accomplishment, feeling of, of accomplishment, of doing something, being in in uh, in Turkey, having be, being able to motivate people and the way of Judaism, edu- learn with people, teach people about their heritage, about our mutual heritage, about a special heritage. There's definitely something, and there's also some parnasa from it. There's also, an, you know, you find a salary, you find an income, you find a job, you work with kashrut, you, would, uh, you do fundraising. You do different things that are able to sustain and maintain your life. That a different Chabad, uh, Chabad educated or somebody who went through the Chabad system 
lives in Kranites or Kfar Chabad and does not have that self-fulfillment, um, that feeling of, yes, wow, I'm a great person, I did whatever. He, you know, somebody like that who works uh, from a ni- nine-to-five job and at night goes and learns a shield, goes and learns some Torah, and on Fridays goes to put on tefillin with people, and from time to time at the evening go to put on, goes to put on mezuzahs or in, in people's houses and goes to help out and to educate others about our Jewish heritage, I think in a way he has much more of a sacrifice than somebody who dedicated life, but this is part yeah. of his life. It yeah, I don't, I don't, part of his... I, I don't think we have to say necessarily that it, one is more than the other. I think uh, we, can, we can say that it's different. Um, the sacrifice of moving out to a place like uh, like Istanbul. I mean, I don't need to con- I don't need to convince you that uh, that's a sacrifice. a sacrifice. Right, but your your children are, are, don't have friends. Uh, they don't go to regular schools, and when it comes to them uh, going to, going to yeshiva, they may have a bit of an adjustment period. Um, my children takes them about an hour and after two hours to get to school every day. They have the uh, the opportunity to go to a regular Chabad school, which we're very thankful for. But there is there is sacrifice, and the sacrifice that our families have to pay um, because of decisions that we made as parents is pretty significant. The fact that we're able to educate our children and raise our families and even ourselves, convince ourselves that what we're doing is for a greater cause helps smooth it out, helps make it easier and a lot more manageable. So, yes, for you to, to, to be in Istanbul and to say that it's not much of a sacrifice is the greatest accomplishment of the concept of shlichus, where you don't feel like you're giving up because you know that you're connected to a bigger, greater cause, whether it's your own f- fulfillment, your own sense of fulfillment, where you, you have people that are learning Torah because of you, you people that are living Jewish uh, religious lifestyles because of you, people that have families now of their own children being educated in the way of Torah because of you, that's a big fulfillment, that's, that's a big sense of fulfillment, but it doesn't have to necessarily be we're greater than you, you're, you're less significant. You know, I, some, some people, have an, have, some people have, an, have an inferiority complex where if one person puts himself up, that means that I'm less. That's not, that doesn't have to be that way. Listen, I am not, I, I'm, I'm, I, I sort of disagree with the whole, with the whole Torah of, of, uh, of uh, being up or being down. Every person has his mission in life. Exactly. And every person has to fulfill his mission in life to the best possible. And to, to make yourself, oh, I'm doing a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. You chose your way. And if you don't like it, you move out. And if you can't hack it, you move out. It's not a sacrifice. You know, today, in the, take two hours, you're in the airport, you get on a plane, you go somewhere else. Right. The sa- right. Very comfortable the, where we are. Right. The sacrifice of our of our predecessors, and by predecessors I mean the immediate generation or two before us that moved on Shlichus, was a much greater sacrifice. If we're if we're using the term sacrifice, we know stories where they ever told people that they can't come back to New York for three or four years at a time, or uh, when your parents moved to uh, to Tzfas, even though it was uh, the Holy Land and it was beautiful, but you it know, wasn't. I'm holding in my hand. I'm holding in my hand the shechita knife, the chalaf of uh, our great grandfather, Rabbi he he, you know what? He has this uh, this shape knife that he used to slaughter chickens in Russia and the reason why he had a shaving knife is because he couldn't find another knife and he in case somebody would ask him why do you have such sharp knife he said it's a shaving knife it's not a knife for for shafting chickens if, if, and growing up with his stories of for three years never sleeping in his own house because he was afraid they'll be arrested by the communists 
and compare it with the very comfortable life that I'm having here in Turkey with a beautiful house and a, and a comfort of a beautiful living with a beautiful community and going be able to go to the synagogue morning, evening, Shabbos, having kosher food, flights to Israel, to America, wherever you want. We just came back, uh, by the way, not right now from a talk with the Turkish, uh, with the Istanbul airport about putting kosher food to be available in the, in, in the airport for anybody who comes off the plane could buy a kosher sandwich. Hopefully it will materialize within a few weeks. I mean, come on, how do you even compare this with any sort of... of of sacrifice. It's a choice right. that we make. We make a choice of dedicating, yes, that I could say. We dedicate our life. The sacrifice is not on our part. The sacrifice is a part of, of our kids. Yes, they have a certain sacrifice of not having uh, a normal kosher restaurant. That's a big sacrifice for people like me who love eating. Um, not having... Um, not having a Jewish education, that's a big sacrifice. I'm not sure how much uh, my kids uh, realize that it is a sacrifice. And definitely, I believe that uh, if they would have had a, ver a better schooling system in Turkey, they would come out to be better learners than I am. But it's something that they have to catch up on later on in life. Yes, these are sacrifices, but... It's not. It's yeah. not the same. It's, it, right. You know, you, you're right that that it's a matter of perspective, and when you're when you're in the right mindset, then anything is doable. But again, like 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 you said, someone who who is a a religious Jew, a Hasidic Shayid, he's a Lubavitcher Hasid, and lives in Crown Heights or Kfar Chabad, and uh, wakes up in the morning and davens with a minion, and then goes to work goes home and spends time with his family, goes back to Shul in the evening from Meirev and has a share. And like you said, on weekends, when he's able to, does Mifsayim and help put on tefillin with people and visits homes to help them kasher their kitchen. And Mizuzis, even though he isn't technically a shliach, he's 100% mekusher to the Rebbe and doing exactly what the Rebbe wants and what and what Chabad Hasidus demands of us. It doesn't have to be, like we spoke about this in other episodes, where you don't have to, you don't have to prop yourself up by stepping on someone else and by putting someone else down. And it works both ways, really. I mean, they're, they're ine you're inevitably going to hear grumbling from people who are not on shluchas by saying that shluchim think that they're all that and they're special and nobody else counts. There may be some people within the world of shluchas that feel that way, but I don't think that's the general attitude. The general, the general feeling is that we're all in this together. Everybody has their mission. Everybody has the direction that they're headed to and the, the, the direction and the path in life that they were set on by hashgacha pratis, by divine providence. And that's... Uh, and that's where we are. Some people were cut out for shlichus, and some people were not. It's, it's as simple as that, and it, we're not better or worse. Or, or, so, or some people were lucky enough to find a place, and others were not. Yeah, but that, you know that 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 lucky that that kind of luck or fortune. I hear what you're saying. Sometimes uh, people have, uh, have have said that about me because I moved to Indiana because uh, my father-in-law is the head shlich in the state of Indiana. But you know, at this point, almost 20 years down the line, I'm like. I don't know if we can necessarily call this luck. It is what it is. This is where we were, this is where we were supposed to end up. If somebody else would have ended up in this community, they probably would have been just as successful as we were, uh, as we are, or uh, faced the same challenges. Maybe they would have approached the challenges differently. But like 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 with the with shiduchim, like with uh, when it comes to marriage, um, matchmaking, matchmaking, you uh, you end up with you end up where you're supposed to be. By whatever route you end up taking, uh, the the goal is eventually uh, met one way or another. However, uh, let, let, let me put it let me put it in su in, in in such terms. We, uh, at least me, growing up, I grew up in Tzfat. You know, my father was a shliach, and all the, my whole life he was uh, 
on all the time, he was always talking about, well, you got to be a shaliach, you got to do what the Rebbe wants from you, you got to do what Hashem wants from you, which is to help another, to help another Jew wherever it is. This is how my father uh, brought us up. That's how he pushed us. And it became part of, I know, when I, when I got married to my, with my wife, Chaya, it was obvious for us that this is what we're going to, we're going to do. Um, 21 years down the line, is this exactly what I planned of my life to be? I'm not so sure. Um, would I have been more successful being somewhere else? It depends how you measure success. Would I have been uh, more comfortable somewhere else? My wife definitely would have. It's definitely m very lonely here. Um, I'm sure she would have been able to uh, to realize her great uh, talents in other places much more than here. Here is not a very very uh, not a very great place for her to realize her talents, and that is something which I I really feel very bad for. So if we speak again about um, Sacrifice. Speak about uh, sacrifice. Yes, that's definitely, definitely a sacrifice. It's uh, something that uh, you know. My wife sacrificed her car career as a great educator and teacher in a school and came here to uh, sort of uh, what sometimes feels to be serving uh, ungrateful Israeli tourists who come by every day, every every weekend and complain that they don't uh, uh, answer their their WhatsApp messages quick enough. But um, but yes, this is how what we were brought. We were brought up to to go and do something for Judaism, go do something for for the cause, and and that is what we do. That's what mm. we, we do. But I don't term it as sacrifice. I don't term it as as greatness. That is what what I do. What I term somebody who has a nine to five job and goes to help another Jew to put on tefillin, to put on mezuzahs, to go teach a thing. This for me is a greater sacrifice. Of course, because you don't get the credit. You don't. Exactly. You, you don't get the adulation. Because you do it only right. for the cause. Right. Because you do it only for the cause. Right. It's, it's not involved in your own. For, for you putting on tefillin and putting on mezuzah in somebody's house, that's part of what pays your salary. That's true. That's true. You know, it's interesting that you you mentioned uh, why we do what we do. So earlier today, I was I gave a lecture to a class of non-Jewish students. I do this once a year around this time of year. Um, a local uh, middle school, seventh and eighth graders, um, in a town called Lake Station, Indiana, which is about twenty-five minutes from Munster. And as far as I know, there's not a single Jew living in that town. But one of the teachers is a friend of ours and uh, brings me in once a year to speak to the class about Judaism, and. And after my lecture, the kids have questions that they ask the the, uh, the presenter. And every year, the question that I get is, what made you decide to become a rabbi? It, you know, they, okay. they, it's prepared questions. And they, my answer is always the same. But uh, it, it, it's not a canned answer. It's not a fake answer. And the answer is that is that we were always taught as children and as growing up, as teenagers and as the yeshiva students, that everything that you have, you always share with others. When you're a little child, it's sharing your toys and your candies. When you're an adult, it's sharing your space, it's sharing your time. And as a, as a rabbi, or particularly as a shliach, you, we were given an, a, a, a tremendous Jewish education with so much potential and so much knowledge and so much background. And the only right thing to do with it is to share it with others. And I think that's, that's what the Rebbe wanted us to do. The Rebbe wanted us to develop ourselves into being people that share and help others. It helps ourselves also. It turns us into good people as well. 
if I, if personally, I can't speak for anybody else. I can't speak for you or other shluchim or people that are not on shlichus. But personally, if I know if I wasn't on shlichus, I'd be perfectly happy, or I don't know if happy, but content, staying at home, doing my thing, not bothering anybody, not talking to anybody. Uh, I'm naturally an introvert, uh, more than an extrovert. I'm perfectly happy uh, uh, texting and emailing rather than uh, speaking on the phone. But, you know, this is what we do. This is uh, how we how we make a difference when we are able to share with others and it helps fix ourselves. It helps transform ourselves too. And, and we definitely, we definitely benefit. I pr- definitely benefit from being on Shlichus. Uh, uh, in, in addition to, oh, I'm sure we're doing wonderful things here, whether we see it or not, but uh, personally, I, I benefit from, from being a Shliach. You know, being an introvert and extrovert, it's great that you bring it up. You know, that I still struggle every time I have to pick up a phone call for someone. My wife always tells me, why can't you just call? Why do you have to text them? Right. I'm beginning to think that maybe it's less introvert and extrovert than male and female more. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but I, I, I still have to fight myself with myself. Whenever I go to, to, uh, to, to an event to approach people that I don't know and say hello to them, and how do I do that and how should I do that? I still sweat over it, you know. It's yeah. and many people don't believe me when I say that I'm that I'm and in, 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 uh, that I'm not an extrovert. And but I really am. I feel I feel the stress. Yeah, I think we're related. <laughs> I think we're related. <laughs> you know, you know. One of the thing is the things are that it, what's very it's difficult for me is fundraising is one of my difficult most difficult challenges, and that's definitely because we're we're, we're related because. Um, our grandfather that will have his yotzeit next week. Definitely, that's like one of the biggest things that he that he instilled in me is never ask people for favors. <laughs> never beg. Never, never beg. Never beg. Yeah. Never he was, ask he was, people. He was he was he was very proud. He was too proud to ever uh, lower himself down to ask someone for something. Exactly, and this is really inhi- an inhibitation in my work because he, I'm not a businessman like he was. So you know, he he was able to do his business without begging. But you know, th- it should be and is part of my job is to fundraise, fundraise for great causes, for causes of Yiddishkeit, for causes of of Judaism, for for great and important issues. Especially if you believe in the product that you're selling. Exactly, and and. Uh, <laughs> It's just yeah. Stressful. I I think like I said, I think we're related. I think that the uh, the fundraising aspect of shlichus of having to ask people for money so that we can put food on our tables and feed our children, is uh, is one of the most challenging aspects of shlichus for me. I think that's also why um, we find other areas of income, um, whether it's hashgacha or writing and editing, like I do. Um, right. But but you're right. So exactly. It's it's a, it's a, you know it, it is a. a a cop out. Yeah, I do a lot of ashkocha, and that is how I get my my income, my day to day income. But I have other projects that I'm supposed to uh, fundraise for and collect funds for, and I have a difficulty with that. It's it's a serious right. a serious difficulty. So, I'm not sure I was intending on on speaking about this here in this uh, podcast for everybody to hear, but it is true. Well, we said we said we said we're going to be open on Frank. Um, Speaking of, speaking of our grandfather's effect on our on our ability to fundraise. So before I moved on Shlichus, before I, I left Crown Heights, I did a little fundraising around the neighborhood, asking people for uh, for donations to help us get started for some seed money. And more than one person said, well, "Why are you coming to me? Go to your grandfather." 
and I said, exactly. and I said, you know, my grandfather is helping us. My grand, our grandfather uh, Baruch Hashem did help us get started, and he didn't make it make the transition easier from uh, living in Crown Heights to moving to Indiana, and I'm sure for you in Istanbul. But 20 years down the line, we're we're pretty much on our own, and it doesn't. Uh, it wasn't not only 20, uh, 20 years down the line, five years down the line right. was also difficult. Right. Yeah. Definitely with the last name like Hitrick or you yeah. like Zamanov and you go uh, asking for people to help and they say, no, you guys are okay. Yeah, my grandfather yeah. was, uh, you know what my, what my grandfather used to say, ich bin ein businessman mit 40 Meshulochim. <laughs> in my family, there's one businessman and 40 people who are fundraisers. Uh, I mean, thank God, Baruch Hashem, he was able to help. He definitely helped his children and, and grandchildren and, uh, you know, and many others. And, and, many others. And, and countless others as well. There's no question about that. And uh, as you mentioned, his yard site, his 10th yard site is next week. Uh, hard to believe right, it's so already been 10 years. Wow, and you yeah. know that, that this week, uh, this past week, I had somebody in my house who's in the jewelry business. So I said, well, do you know, have you ever heard of uh, my grandfather, Hirschel Chitrick? says, is your grandfather uh, Mr. Chitrick? I said, yes. He says, you know, I'm in business only because of him, because nobody wanted to give me credit. And he looked at me and he said, what's your name? Is your name a Pencil? <laughs> I'll give you credit. You're a Jewish guy from Turkey. I'm sure that you'll pay up. So uh, and he gave him credit, opened a line of credit, gave him uh, gave him uh, merchandise. He was able to sell, and he, the guy's in business till now, uh, thirty five yeah. years later. Yeah, but uh, I, th I think uh, com coming back around to our original uh, discussion about the tzimtzum kipshutei or not kipshutei is the uh, contraction of God's light in this world real or is it imagined? And I think that. Uh, as in, as a, when we were speaking of introverts and extroverts, a lot of uh, our inhibitions are imagined, and uh, you sometimes you need to force yourself out of it, and you realize that uh, that you can uh, you can accomplish things that even you yourself didn't believe you can do when you started. And uh, maybe this is also an imagination. I think some of it is really real. I think that that some things are real. We are, do have some inhibitions. We do have, we are uh, the way we are, but we do try to overcome ourselves. You know, it, uh, once uh, somebody said, uh, the only thing that differentiates between an animal and a human being is that the human being can do things despite of his instincts, while an animal can't. So it's not about the our instincts. We do have real instincts. We do have real feelings. We do have real things that make us whom we are. And nevertheless, we are able to overcome them because we are human beings. Mm -hmm. um, one of those instincts that we do have to overcome is this, this uh, foolish sense of pride of being... Uh, better than someone else. Misplaced, better, exactly. Misplaced self of pride and gaive, gaive, ichs. <laughs> yeah. so to feel this, this superiority over other people who are doing a great work in raising a family there's, there's, and I working hard and doing things for, for serving God and serving I mean us serving God is part of our in, part of our life part of that's part of our job yeah, there, like the guy although, who said although, a guy came to the rabbi and says rabbi my son became crazy because he started to keep Shabbos he started to keep kosher and they've been doing this and doing that. And the rabbi said, well, I do the same thing. And the guy said, tell the rabbi, rabbi, for you, it's your job. He really believes yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, right. I, think, I think the word, the word is not necessarily pride. That, that's that's the, uh, the only issue I have with what you're saying, is that there's no, there's, no, there's no problem with being proud 
to be a shliach and proud of what we do as shluchim. I think the word that you're looking for, uh, a better translation of gaiva, is haughtiness, where you're haughty and you feel like superiority. I'm greater than you. I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. Because, you know, last week we spoke about, uh, or was it a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about how Jews have to be proud of who they are. Jewish pride is important, and it's, it's important to be proud of what you represent and what we do. But... It doesn't have to be at the expense of putting others down. And haughtiness, that's what, that's what gaiva is, where you, where you said ichs. It's, it, it is, it is a, a feeling of, uh, of uh, disgust when you, know, you see someone who's haughty and can't come to terms with the fact that there are other people who are being just as accomplishing and just doing equally good and, like you said, perhaps even greater good than what, than what you can do as a, as a shliach. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. No question. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, it was great talking to you, Eliezer. Have a um, this is this is just the tip of the iceberg of this very very heavy topic, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, it sits we'll, we'll, on my heart. We'll revisit it, but next week we're going to speak about something a little bit more. We'll speak about minhagim, about customs, because right. it's going to be Hanukkah. We're going to speak about some custom, Hanukkah customs. We'll speak about interesting issues that relate to Hanukkah, relate to. Uh, to Turkey, to relate to Indiana, relate to uh, having, we'll have some a uh, little bit more serious discussion. Because this wasn't serious at all. This was just fun. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't fun. This was painful. We'll speak about something more serious, more scholarly. All right, we'll see you next week. Inshallah. All right, take care. Chasidus means away from the haughtiness, away from it. Bittel. And stick to Katointi, Katointi Mikola Hasodim. Amen. <laughs> Take care. Take care, I'll see you.